Hello, everyone. Welcome. Bienvenidos todos. To Revenge of the Pod, I am your host, Luigi, and this is my co-host, Jason. What's up, guys? All right, we're going to jump right into it, guys. Glad to have you again. Uh, We have notes in the pod for each uh, section. That way, we've been trying to name them, but we could could not figure it out. I don't think there's a way to do it off the app that we're using. So we're going to put the names of the sections in the show notes so you guys can take a look and see which part has what going on. But we're going to go into general for this week. Uh, what you got going on this week or this past week, Jason? Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty eventful. So I, I honestly, I'm behind on a lot of shows that we, we previously talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, I went to a show on Friday, a selection show uh, by a DJ Joe K. Uh, at Walter's Warehouse in Phoenix. Oh my God. It was everything I wanted and more, man. I had had such a blast. Uh, he did a four hour set, uh, brought back uh, what, as I mentioned before, he, he, he brings back very uh, old, old songs like from the late 90s, 2000s, and mixes them in and, and just makes him, makes it fun that you guys can dance to. And uh, not to mention that the warehouse I went to, as I mentioned before, it's a very trippy place. Uh, they have a bunch of artwork and a lot of places that you can just, lounge at and it's just the environment's super cool everyone was uh yeah everyone was cool there you know uh some guy spilled a drink on my new jersey uh he felt so bad uh wanted to buy me a new drink it was okay though you know it, it happens right you're dancing and someone tries to turn and spills a drink on you um after and that was friday uh saturday i went uh, it was my friend mariah's birthday so we went out to a country bar dude and guess what? They did not play any country music whatsoever. So we were like, uh, yeah, man, I was getting ready to get, I wanted to get my two-step on, dude. I was ready to show my girlfriend my moves and shit. And, and, and yeah, no, it didn't work out. So we ended up leaving and we went to an arcade bar where uh, you know, we played some games, some pinball, you know, just all the classic games like Street Fighter, Pac-Man, all that shit. So it was, that was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, watched, yeah, and then just hung out on Sunday. Uh, what about you, man? What did you do this past weekend? Well, I got to say, first off, that's dope on the selection. Um, so it's pretty much like a DJ set in the warehouse with like an art gallery from what I saw in the pictures, right? Like it looked yeah, kind of like a like an urban art gallery, lots of like graffiti stuff, but also like beautiful like glass art that they had on the ceiling. It, it looked cool. It looked, yeah. It looked really yeah, I tried cool. Send you, I tried sending you as much pictures as I could. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, it was is any dream person that if you guys love taking pictures, that's has so many places where you could just take pictures with your friends or just kind of just look at statues and stuff. Weird, weird, weird vibey stuff. It was, it was so cool. Um, cool. And the, the venue is huge. Um, but at the same time, it, it's, it, I don't know. I, I just love that place. So if, if I ever get to see a show there again, anyone that I like, I'm, I'm definitely going. It looked uh, slightly hipster, but popping, you know what I mean? Like not too yeah. hipster, just enough. You know, exactly. it's like when you add the right amount of spice, I was like, oh, a little bit hipster, the money part. Yeah, they do <laughs> right on the money on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, the I, I know for a fact that you love, uh, love you some country, man. The only guy I know that uh, always goes out to Copperhead Road, man. Oh, you yeah, would be yeah. leading those dances. You'd be leading those dances, dog. I remember Dude, I, that. Told, I, I totally forgot we'd go a little bit of Texas back in our hometown. Yeah. Uh, for, for those of you guys, uh, if you guys are from El Paso, a little bit of Texas, uh, they had a uh, 25 cent beers from seven to nine. And we would we would show up when the doors opened and uh, 
rounds on me rounds on me guys right uh <laughs> get just drunk enough so you guys can get the liquid courage to go uh to the dance floor and the best part about that place uh drinks are not allowed on the dance floor so it's it's great it's just strictly for dancing line dancers two steppers one steppers whatever it is i love it oh, i love that place man damn you brought back some memories there bro damn it was good times man it was yeah. like some of the last times that we hung out before you moved um yeah but for me this weekend let's see i went to go see morbius we'll talk about that later um it's it was a week for me last week man i was part of a an international food festival for our school we had i think uh 17 participants um i did puerto rico of course you know you shut off your roots there (laughs) yes sir yes sir and they had a competition for best decoration best taste and best overall uh, we got fifth in decoration, third in taste, and then uh, we got best overall, man. We won we won the big shebang, second year in a row. So I was pretty happy oh, yeah, about bro. that. Yeah, did, man. Uh, did Gabby end up making the bunch for you, or was that you? You know what, dude? I can't even lie. She made it for me. Yeah, I'm letting, I'm letting out too? my secrets. Little, little, little alcohol for all the kids. <laughs> no, that but that, that was the joke <laughs> to all their parents. I'd be like, look, this is usually made with alcohol. Obviously not today. And they'd be like, oh, no. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. They were disappointed, right? They're like, nah. Yeah, they really that. wanted the alcohol. <laughs> Some of them had straight face, like, don't joke about alcohol in front of Sheldon. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. It was, this was for you, though. My bad. But most people found the joke that most of them were like, God oh, darn it. You know, just joking yeah. around. It was fun, dude. I had so I love that festival. Dude. Everyone gets gets hyped up. They make great food. I tried some amazing bread, like from South Africa, or it was oh, uh, West Africa. Sorry, West Africa. Oh man, it was so good. It was like a lime bread and then a honey bread. Ooh. So I wish so you I would say that was probably your favorite. That was the only uh, one I got to try, man. We got so busy, like I legit man i could not move from where i was because i was just constantly serving oh well that's good yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's fun because they go through a line in. you know covid right so they go through yeah. a line outside and people can walk up to you too but it's all outside and it's just people going by and they're just getting them their food so i was like all right well we can we can make this work but it was it was intense uh let me see what else i had a, an interview for a transfer my work uh, they gave me oh. a call back today. They're like, hey, we'd like to talk to you on Thursday. You know, if it goes well, great. If not, I'm already preparing myself mentally for the worst. So we'll see how that goes. And then oh, on dude. Sunday, on Sunday, dude, we went to this thing. So there's this huge festival here in San Antonio that goes on for 10 days right right leading up to uh, Damn. Easter. It's called Fiesta. It's all over the city, dude. They've got different ones. I've never been. This is my first one, but I hear a lot about it. So they got one called Nyosa, Night in Old San Antonio, Taste of New Orleans, uh, Oyster Bake. And those are just to name three. They they have them everywhere. This big old party. You collect pins and beads and all this other stuff. People get crazy. (laughs) I hear there's a lot of drinking. Like Gabby was telling me the goal for most people is to like stack their cups every time you get a drink they give you another cup so you're stacking up the cups and you see that's pretty much to see how messed up everybody is oh see how many (laughs) that's pretty cool yeah 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 and it's it's supposed to be quite a bit of fun so i went to the first ever event that i've been to and ever wanted to go to was uh taste of new orleans dude i i love cajun food dude it was it was heaven bro it was heaven 
I got to try. I know I'm I'm butchering the word, but it's like piquant. I don't know. It's P I Q U A I N T. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't strain yourself, bro. You got it. I'm sure someone will help us out. <laughs> yeah, someone will let us know. <laughs> Be like you uncultured swine. Listen, man, yeah. I still tried it. No, it was really good though. It's like a it's like a tomato gravy with sausage and chicken and rice. Super good. Had some dirty rice. There's this big thing here in San Antonio that's like fried chicken, but they put it on a stick. Like it's like almost little chicken tenders and they call it chicken on a stick. Dude, delicious. Uh, they usually pour like jalapeno juice or pickle juice on it. Um, those were not as good at this one, but it was taste of New Orleans, not taste of San Antonio. So right. there's that. Had some fried ribs, had some, uh, Damn, bro. had some Cajun sausages, Cajun hot dogs and wheel sausage um shoot what else do we have i feel like i'm missing a few things oh peach cobbler lots of southern food obviously man. damn bro you went you went in oh we went in dude but what we did was like we'd get one plate and then like five of us would just like pick at the plate so oh, that okay. we wouldn't get That's too hard. full yeah yeah because then you you buy two plates and you're done you know what i'm saying um i i was sad that i didn't get to try the boudin like b-o-u-d-i-n and it's like it looks like a fried um, ball of something. I don't know. I, I didn't care. I just wanted to try it. Was it like and a dessert I, type of thing? No, no. It looks like a like a meal. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Had me some fried Oreos. I didn't actually have crawfish because it didn't look seasoned. And there's this place you guys have one down there too. I think I don't know if it's the same, but it's L.A. crawfish. My God, dude, that place is so damn good. Oh, that's becoming me and Gabby's go-to place. We just buy like two pounds of crawfish and go at it. But anyway, that was my weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right. Yeah, no, it does sound like very eventful. And that's part of the reason why we didn't record on Sunday again, uh, people. Uh, We're trying to live our lives. We're recording again on Monday, (laughs) but also we want to just have some updates for you as far as the sports world. Um, and obviously what we're going to get into for our main topic of the Grammys. So March we, madness first. Def- yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go over the March madness. As you guys know, uh, last week we talked about, uh, the four remaining teams. Uh, one of those, two of those teams, uh, absolutely hate each other. Uh, North Carolina and Duke, they're rivals. <laughs> um, probably one of the best rivalries out there. And, uh, the Duke coach, it's his last year coaching, uh, one of the greatest coaches of all time. So shout out to him. He goes home a loser, guys. He lost. Uh, so North Carolina. Why are you hating, bro? Why are you hating? <laughs> North Carolina ends up winning, uh, and it was so it, it's such a great game, uh, going back and forth the whole entire game. So UNC advances to the final. Uh, what I didn't like about the ending of the game, a uh, couple amount of the players for that played for Duke, did, right after the game ended, did not shake uh, the other teammates' hands. So that's kind of you know. That's not, not, not really, not, yeah. not really, not really sportsmanship. So that you know, that kind of left a little sour taste in my in my mouth. You're like, I know you guys hate each other, but at the same time, come on, man, congratulate the team. You know, they're going to the championship that well deserved, and you guys played a hard game. And I get it; it emotions get in the way, and you know, uh, you just you just have to do it, man. You just kind of because you know they could do it to you, and then it could cause a fight. You don't want you don't want all that. Uh, and the that's other the game, thing with basketball too. It's like one of those shit talking sports. So when you lose and someone's been talking shit to you, I can oh, imagine how hard it is to shake someone's hand. But that's how the game works. Yeah, and, and there's some people that just you know put their emotions on their sleeves, uh, especially when they play this game. 
and a lot of trash talk and that's just part of the game you know so but yeah no you're right um the, the game before Kansas and Villanova um it honestly it was kind of a blowout you know that game was kind of boring Kansas ended up advancing uh so we are actually now today we're recording on Monday Kansas and North Carolina are playing for the championship I am rooting for North Carolina, as I mentioned before, my buddy Eric, he's a North Carolina fan, so I'm rooting for him. And as we speak right now, North Carolina is down by two points uh, with eight minutes left in the uh, final half, guys. Uh, so I'll probably keep you updated uh, a little towards the end, uh, let you guys know who won on that. So If you hear Jason suddenly scream and be like, oh my God, you know <laughs> that the game went went a certain way. No, man, I'm going to be on my best behavior. <laughs> uh, and then also on Sunday, I didn't get to watch the game uh, The game for the women's college uh, championship that was held on Sunday. Uh, the women's South Carolina team beats uh, UConn. Uh, that as well was kind of a blowout. Uh, South Carolina took a very early lead in the beginning and just kind of held it from there. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to the South Carolina women uh, their, on their championship. Uh, that was the number one overall seed, so – it was they were highly favored to win at, at, they have a good good squad so yeah, hey question to though uh, uh UConn is like a I mean not even just a dynasty they won like several years in a row back Powerhouse. in the day I don't know if they're still like that but clearly they made to the championship women's UConn so, basketball still in the championship every year yeah so uh, well yeah a couple of years back they ended up going uh they, they ended up beating John Wooden's record I think uh John Wooden, uh, he coached for UCLA. He had that long winning streak. I think it was 88 games. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 the women's UConn uh, beat that record, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, that, that, that team's always a contender. And, yeah, well, obviously. I'm happy so. for South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, same. I'm not, I'm not a fan of UConn just because they're always winning. I was like, hey, let someone else win, guys. So. All right, guys, we're going to jump into Up and Coming and TV Land. Uh, quick update, uh, Flash movie. Uh, Ezra Miller was actually arrested again for belligerence uh, at a bar, this time in Hawaii. The first one, if you guys didn't know, it was, I think, in Iceland. And he, no, not Iceland, Greenland, the one that's actually cold. And he was, he got belligerently drunk and was choking a girl at the bar. Oh, that, yeah, that video. Yeah, I'm Older yeah, that's, lady, right? No, she looked she looked young. She didn't look too oh. much older. She looked uh, maybe a little older than him, but nothing that was crazy. crazy. I still can't believe he has a job after that. After Dude, seeing that video, the first one, right? Well, this yeah. is the second one, and he was trying to choke and attack all kinds of people, like several people. Um, I saw a portion of that video as well. The Hawaii one, where he was trying to get that? into the bar. Yeah, well, he's trying to get into a bar and. Uh, a server she's push she's pushing him out like hey you're drunk dude get back and he he refused so they ended up calling the police and the police came and they uh detained him jesus he's not a good drunk i mean warner brothers has they've got an issue on their hands right now i'm surprised not more people are talking about it because that's like a dangerous person to have on your set if they're unstable in that sense but right I at the like same time keep homie, it on the hush right oh i'm so, sure i'm sure they want this movie to come out right it's, it's going to be one of the not one of the bigger movies but obviously we get when you got batman michael keaton as re reprising his role as batman like come on you know so what's good though is they could easily replace him because yeah, they're doing a flashpoint you know what i mean like there will be several versions of the flash that they could replace him with 
Hopefully. Yeah, true that. Um, I do like Ezra Miller, but that's a little that's a little much, man. Like, get your shit together, all right? Um, but anyway, a few movies coming out this month that I wanted to shout out because they just look so uniquely interesting. The first one, if you've known me for many years, you're gonna laugh because I used to I used to talk so much smack about this actor, but Nicolas Cage is coming out in a movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. They've shortened it to Massive Talent. And the idea is <laughs> unfulfilled and facing financial ruin, actor Nicolas Cage. So he's playing himself, okay? What? Accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when a CIA operative recruits Cage for an unusual mission. Take, taking on the role of a lifetime, he soon finds himself channeling his most iconic beloved characters to save himself and his loved ones. Like, listen, listen. Nicholas Cage is a very, like, uh, he, he plays himself. So for him to literally play himself, I can't wait, man. I really can't <laughs> wait. Like, I'm excited just with this storyline. I'm like, oh, my God. All of his iconic roles, him just doing them as, like, Hey, a, man, say, say what you want, man. I love Face Off. I love uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. I did uh, like kick, Gone in 60 Seconds. Kick-ass the movie, bro. I'm sorry. I haven't seen has, it yet. He has some hits, bro. Uh, but he does have a lot of misses. You know, like Wicker Man. Let's not talk about that one. That was but... really bad. Hey, yeah. have you seen uh, Raising Arizona? That was, I think, might have been one of his first. Not his first, so. but one no. of them. Dude, he, he is hilarious in that movie. One of the best chase scenes I've ever seen. And it's not like an action chase scene. It's like a comedy chase scene. You got to watch it, man. It's really funny. It's the Coen Brothers. Uh, oh, oh shit! Plays, okay. Yeah, he plays the main character in it. Oh, it's a great movie. Now, listen, Nick Cage got me. He got me all messed up because he came out with the National Treasure movies when I was like studying history heavily, and I was like, "This is yeah, a man, load like of one. shit. This is like all bullshit. This does not follow history." I'm done with Nicolas Cage, and then I also didn't think he was very good in the Ghost Rider movies. But I should also just be happy that they made a Ghost Rider movie at that point, right? Did we watch all those movies? Yes. And... <laughs> you know which one I did like him a lot in was uh, Lord of War when he's uh, an arms dealer and Family Men. I watched that with my mom as a kid, and he like he has this. Uh, I guess I think it's like an angel that visits him, and he spends a few days as if he had a family, and then he goes back to his regular life, and obviously he realizes what he's missing. Right, but that was a good movie too. I haven't um, seen that one either, so yeah, 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 check that out. All right, maybe a late hot take for me later. You'd be like, "It sucks, <laughs> you suck." <laughs> no, but yeah, if you guys want to check out another Nick Crazy Nick Cage movie, "The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent," also known as Massive Talent, on October October Jesus, I'm sorry, guys, on April 22nd, guys, April 22nd. Now, the next one is actually coming out this week in select theaters. I've noticed it's not in all theaters. Uh, I think it's a pretty small film. It is called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Now, that one is not shortened. Uh, it is just Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And it's about, if you know Michelle Yeoh, she came out in, um, gosh, what did she come out in? Crazy is Rich this? Asians, Shang-Chi. She, um, she is the sister in Shang-Chi, and she is the mother in Crazy Rich Asians. She also came out in... The movie I mentioned before with, oh my gosh, why is it? 
why is it escaping me right now? The the Netflix action movie starring an all female cast. Um, but anyway, oh, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, so she she's coming out in a movie where she plays an immigrant uh, who works at a laundromat uh, who is kind of living an unfulfilled life for several different reasons. Where she's kind of um, she is not she's not there for her family in a way that's productive. And so it just kind of goes, it turns into this thing where it's a multiverse film. So like all, oh, all these I've multiverses collapse onto each other and she suddenly has all these different abilities that she gained from, uh, she gained from her, I guess, multiversal uh, opposites. Gunpowder Milkshake is the other movie. Gunpowder Milkshake. Okay, God, there you gonna go. Kill me. Now, that movie Everything everywhere all at once looks fantastic. It looks uh, so trippy. It looks like a best way I could explain it if you guys have not seen the trailer, almost like a Doctor Strange but like less less color. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little more grounded. Explain it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's I want to uh, see that movie. I, I I've been hearing some early reviews that it's pretty pretty awesome, so Yeah, right now, I mean, it hasn't come out everywhere but right now at rotten tomatoes it's 97 percent. fandango 95 and imdb gives it an 8.9 like imdb is usually the tougher one and that's pretty solid so I think, I, i'm excited to see man i honestly yeah, dude, can't wait dude i saw um i think it was a review from i don't i forgot what magazine but they they said best multiverse movie ever i'm like whoa yeah. whoa 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 you know they're taking a jab at the Marvel hey, Universe. The Spider-Man multiverse. <laughs> I like, I don't know about that. But, well, hey, maybe, maybe. So, Yeah, I mean, I think they just wanted to to shed some light on it because it, it does look like it's a small film. And the directors are Daniel Kwan and uh, Daniel Scheinert. And it looks like they've made some crazy movies besides that. I think they they had a couple of of big films I don't know any of them, but it sounds it sounds like they do some crazy stuff with their films, and I'm excited to see what, what exactly they do with, they do with everything yeah. everywhere all at once. Uh, but yeah, guys, everything everywhere all at once, April eighth. Uh, so this Friday, uh, coming out in select theaters, you are probably going to have to kind of look for it. It's not going to come out uh, everywhere. It's a smaller film. It's from A24, so you know it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I've got for up and coming. What about you, Jason? Uh, so for up and coming, I just want to give you guys, uh, some news or just updates. Uh, Mandalorian season three has a fin- uh, officially finished wrapping up their filming. Uh, so they're going to go into editing. So we'll have the Mandalorian season three coming in December. I want to say, unless there's pending any delays, I'm excited Grogu is my dude, you know. Uh, <laughs> Mando's a shit. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, guys, and uh, I think Mandalorian is probably the best. It's not not the best, but one of the best con- things that is coming out right now for the Star Wars universe. Um, e- even if you guys aren't don't follow Star Wars, I I, I recommend watching uh, season one, two, and three. Uh, well, uh, you might have to watch Boba Fett uh, before you watch season three to kind of see what's going on um also think of it uh, as a season two and a half of mandalorian right 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 kind of like the uh the daredevil thing right when uh with frank castle 
Yeah, but oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh some some other Star Wars news. Uh Kenobi series got pushed back uh to May to May twenty seventh of Friday. Are you a gonna whole, be okay? A whole <laughs> extra three day guy three days, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was bummed. And it was originally supposed to come out the twenty fourth, but now we have to wait to twenty seventh. And uh yeah, that bugged me out. Uh someone had asked me earlier too, uh when uh this Kenobi series where when's When's it taking place in the timeline in the Star Wars universe? Um, this takes place right after Order 66, uh, the Jedi Purge, where they kill all the Jedi. Oh. And they're hunting down the main, uh, the remaining Jedi. So they're looking for Kenobi. And Kenobi has, obviously, a young Luke. And he takes him to, uh, you know, back to a, pretty much to hide him, but also protect them. But uh, we are also being told that we're getting the rematch of the century. Uh, between Kenobi and Darth Vader. So, you know, remember the last time they saw each other, Kenobi. I have the know, high ground on it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved you. Yes, iconic, right? You know, <laughs> messes them up, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, we're going to get. And obviously, guys, if you've been watching the, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, we're always being introduced some new characters from the cartoon series. So you guys, uh, and it every time, every single fucking time, guys, I get so pumped. I text my cousins. I text my friends. It's like, are you guys? Did you guys see this? And like, did you guys watch this episode yet? Because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. And I, I love what they're doing with this. Uh, and this, I, I prefer series over movies. I, you know, I wasn't too fan. I wasn't a big fan of the sequel trilogies, um, but I, I enjoyed them still. You know, but it was just I prefer the prequels and the originals and uh, these series that are coming out. So uh, it's sacrilegious before I say this. I'm sorry, Star Wars fans. I thought most of the movies kind of sucked. And I was on the opposite end. I kind of liked some of the newer ones a little bit better. Like I really liked Force Awakens. And I liked, up until the very end, I liked The Last Jedi. The, the end, I was like, that's lame. But the rest of the movie was really good. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, that, that was to me, that was trash. That was a terrible movie um it was like the worst of all of them to me that one was really bad um sorry sorry angelica my sister-in-law she's like don't say those things but uh it was just how i felt on that one also did really enjoy revenge of the sith from the prequel ones revenge so. of the sith is probably one of my favorite ones well behind empire strikes back but yeah yeah that one was okay um i think maybe it was just i didn't watch it young enough to like get into it um, but I, it's not a bad movie. I'm not going to say that. It's just, you know, I didn't watch it at a young enough age to be like, yeah. Yeah, so. I, I forgive you. I forgive you. <laughs> you forgive me? That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did watch the cartoons as a grown-ass man, and I like all I those you. more. Than... <laughs> you and Jermaine just kept going and going and going. I was like, fine, fine. I'll watch them. I'll watch them. Well, then... we, we think that you would appreciate the uh, prequels a lot more because uh, the main uh, concern about uh, the prequels was character Anakin, yeah just the character development on anakin you're just like what really like just because of that he hates and what what's going on um and they introduced ah- ahsoka and everything the, the whole clones too you like you even feel for the clones like why would the clones just turn on them just like that uh the whole cartoon series i know it's meant for kids but i i, I think i've cried more in the cartoon series than i have in just the regular uh, live action series just because the way they they uh character development they they do it justice and yeah if, if you're willing watch those shows and stick with them yes some episodes you can tell are very much like 
aimed at kids, but the storylines in most of those episodes are are worth watching. Honestly, they're they're like, oh, I could see this on a sci-fi TV show for adults. Just you know, probably would have had more cussing. Um, right, but they're good. They're they're really good. They they have really good storylines. You grow to like the characters way more than the movies. Mm, they don't go out like punk bitches, you know what I'm saying? No offense, Luke Skywalker, but you kind of want to like punk bitch. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk more about Star Wars too, because I can talk about that all all day. Um, yeah, that's but true. <laughs> uh, Luigi, you did you did watch a movie this past weekend as well, right? So uh... I did. I went and saw Morbius. I saw the living vampire himself, Jared Leto. The special effects on that movie are fantastic. The action scenes are super fun to watch. He looks creepy. Uh, it feels like a horror movie a lot of times in a really good way. Not like, oh my God, I can't handle it. But I will say my six-year-old was not down. Oh, she was a little um, scared. She was a little scared. And uh, Gabby had to walk her out for a little bit. So I was like, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't the greatest in that sense. But Gabby was like, well, the story doesn't look like it's that important. Which it was not. Uh, the story was definitely lacking. There were a lot of plot holes. Um, like, for example, there's one scene where the guy that raised them gets killed by the best friend because the best friend turns into a living empire. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert, everyone. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I apologize. Let you're, me, you're not going <laughs> to. Let me try. Let me backtrack, everyone. I apologize. Now, spoiler alert for Morbius. I'm going to spoil the crap out of this movie. So if you care about the rest of this movie i know i just gave one thing away but if you care you need to you need to go on to the next section from here um so his best friend both of them have this terminal disease they can't walk uh, his best friend ends up taking the serum that he takes as well right because he's trying to cure himself with bats and all this and he's like oh i'm a curse but the best friend is like no we're awesome let's just kill and eat people this is the way to feel and so he turns into a bad guy and he goes and kills the guy that raised them specifically raised the best friend. It doesn't really give you a reason why he turns on Morbius because he turns on Morbius. He turns on the father figure and you're like, how, what, when did this happen? Where, wh- how did it lead to this? He just decided, he just decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go this way. And you can tell that it's like, he has this obsession with Morbius in some ways like he doesn't want to be close him to be close to other people and you could tell he's a bit narcissistic and violent but like it doesn't it it doesn't translate enough in the film for it to make sense and so he goes and kills the father figure and you're like this is the guy that raised you so you really just don't care at all i don't but anyway uh morbius goes and finds the father figure and the whole movie homie is like fiending for blood and the father figure is bleeding out everywhere because his best friend like slashed him in the stomach and he's fine. And, he and doesn't Morbius even react. Is not fiending? No, he's not fiending. You're like, what the? F- <laughs> what am What am I watching right now? Yeah. And then, right after that, he finds that the girlfriend is also being held by the friend, and he wants her to scream, and he's killing her too, right? So Morbius shows up right before she dies. Uh, spoiler alert again, guys. He she bites his lip to drink some of his blood, I guess, to become a living vampire as well, or just regular vampire because she ends up dying. And uh, then she says, don't let this be a waste, right? Like, drink my blood and kick his ass type of thing. And so then you see him start hungering and you're like, what? Now you just turn. So you can turn it off. The whole movie, you were acting like you couldn't handle yourself. But now you can turn it on and off. 
so that was something that bothered me uh, about the storyline and it all happens very quickly this all happens super super fast but you can tell the movie isn't really about the storyline it's very much like venom it's fun it's fun to watch don't worry about the story that's not what you're there for anyway um but the two post-credit scenes pretty interesting uh, one is it shows the sky open up the same way that it did in Spider-Man No Way Home. And then parts of the city light up. And lo and behold, Vulture, Michael Keaton himself, a.k.a. Batman, uh, comes out in one of the cells. And he's like, what am I doing here? And they, this universe has no idea who he is. So he gets released. And then in the second cutscene, he goes and meets Morbius and says he's putting together a team. My theory, Sinister Six, Sinister Six, and they're bringing back Andrew Garfield. That's my theory. That's well, a, okay. you know, it's well, a far fetched. Guys one, who don't but... know, uh, Vulture, he's from the first Tom Holland Spider Man movie, yeah, um, Spider Man Homecoming. Spider Man Homecoming. So this is gonna be very interesting, and I, I really do hope uh, Andrew Garfield does reprise his role for for at least the third one. Right? That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I think. I think if if they convince him with a good enough storyline, he'll do it. But that's the problem with the Sony movies. They haven't shown that they have good storylines. So we'll see. Yeah, they're always pretty ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and just a quick review, guys. Uh, Vulture is actually a villain that normally feeds on younger people to keep their youth. And he has this ridiculous Vulture outfit. In the movies, he uses like a metal suit. He doesn't feed on people's youth. He just steals stuff. He's just a thief, you know? Yeah. He's using technology and he sells illegal arms and he see- steals more technology to keep his business running. Um, and he still has those metal wings. Now, Morbius in the comics, it follows a lot more of what the comics have shown, at least from what I've seen. And from the animated series, shout out 1990s Bat- uh, Spider-Man. He is... Yeah. Uh, a sick a scientist who's looking for a cure. He turns himself into a living vampire. Um, and he's one of Spider-Man's uh, villains, actually a really good villain. Spider-Man has, I think what would always be the, trying to help him. the second best rogues gallery. Yeah. Spider-Man does always try to help him. And Morbius is one of those like where he can be a villain, but not always because he's not a bad person. He just can't control himself. Um, and so that would be, I mean, ideally, it would be a great way to have a Spider-Man movie with Blade and Morbius. I think it would be a really cool um, team-up movie. But, you know, I don't know. Sony and Marvel would have to talk a lot for that to happen. So we'll see about all that. Um, all right. We're going to jump into some TV land. We're going to talk about some shows. Uh, But before we do that, I do want to just uh, give you guys a quick update. As I mentioned, uh, the game was going on. And close game, guys. Um, Kansas ends up pulling up by three. They end up winning by three points. Boo, Uh, boo, boo, boo. They had a last-second shot to tie it up to hopefully send it to extra time. But uh, good defense by by the Kansas squad and air ball at the end. And time expires. That's it. Yeah. So you got Kansas is your champions uh, for this year. So there was that. Sorry, Eric. If, you, if you're listening, my prayers are with you, bro. I know. I know you're gonna be in a bad mood for the next uh, two weeks. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'll make sure I text you in a, in a few weeks. I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you mourn this. Um, but yeah. No. All right. So yeah. TV land, guys. Uh, 
we want we as we were talking about last week um we were really into bel-air um because i saw the finale but uh luigi you you finished watching the the season finale right i did yeah 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 what'd you think bro so they they have a plot line that plays into the season finale and i'm kind of disappointed that they didn't go through with it but i will say it would be too early in the series like the show itself to play out that plot line from the original show uh overall i liked it i think it's i mean I think they could have made more episodes uh, considering the kind of show it is like, yes, it's a drama, but it's not like a dark, serious drama. It's more of a, you know, ah, what, what would you say? I, I would compare it more to uh, almost like gossip drama. Like uh, Dave, have you seen Dave? I have not seen Dave. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I, I could have definitely used some more shows for sure. Um, uh, I, I love this show, but I, I, I get what you're saying. And I'm also glad, I know you're kind of disappointed that they were, they were headed, right? Mm-hmm. I, thought, I, I thought so too. I was like, no way we're going to get this already. But uh, I'm glad they did it because if they're going to want to do more seasons, um, I thought it was definitely too soon. So Yeah, and it's, it's a Cheeseman show, so I was like, I want more Cheeseman. How are you going to end it on like nine episodes or ten episodes or whatever? So that was that was my thing, but it's it's a good show. The acting is nice. The music is great. I think the message—that's the most important thing about the original show, right? The message the show sends is—it's powerful and it's it's a good show. I liked it. Definitely gonna watch season two when it comes out. Oh yeah! So guys, if you haven't seen it? Go catch it. Um, also, uh, I'm gonna do a little late hot take for myself before we uh, go into uh, the shows that you've been watching. Uh, I saw West Side Story, uh, the one with uh, Steven Spielberg um this past week i wanted to see it because uh, obviously um it was up for nomination and bro i, I didn't know the song i feel pretty oh, so, oh pretty. so pretty yeah i didn't know that was from west side story i i vaguely remember watching the the old the old one because i remember hearing that song so i was like oh shit that's this movie um one thing i just think uh, anger management with that song yeah oh really? oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah um i i enjoyed it uh it was more like a obviously it's a musical but so it felt like a broadway kind of play the way uh steven spielberg directed it so there were some moments that i personally didn't like um spoiler alert for this one guys uh the death scene for west side stories based off of you know the tragedy of romeo and juliet right um doesn't really end exactly like that but one of the characters dies and just the death scene and how the characters like lifted him up lifted the person up and took them away i didn't really like it i was just uh it was very it was very musical like that's what they would have done in a musical so right like on actual broadway yeah yeah so it was just it was just kind of weird um but other than that i i enjoyed it would i watch it again Mm, i'm being honest probably not um but yeah, I, I did over overall. I did enjoy. It. I can see why I didn't win personally, based off the other two movies I've seen. Uh, the ones that got nominated: Don't Look Up and Dune. Uh, so my next my my next uh, list is obviously to watch all of them, and I can give you an opinion of if I agree if Coda should have won or not. So I'm part way through Nightmare Alley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what I will say again. I don't love musicals, so I'm going to say that, but I enjoyed it. 
uh, and I even at one point during the movie was like, do I like musicals? Because I was enjoying the movie. I mean, I'm Puerto Rican, so that gives gives the movie an edge. But I thought the the girl who won uh, Best Supporting Actress, Ariana she DeVos, was, she was probably she the best did thing. Great. Yeah. I thought she was the best part of that movie. Yeah, she did um, a really, really good job. Uh, I thought Rachel Ziegler's character was a little bit flat. Uh, nothing against her. I mean, I have I've only seen her in one thing, so I'm not gonna it, judge her really, off it. It's really hard to play the 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 feminine, right? The the main character that's like, oh, I'm in love. I'm just don't do this kind of thing. And it's pretty unrealistic. And I, yeah. and sorry, spoilers, guys. If you haven't seen West Side Story, I mean, I hadn't, right? But so I can't say too much. But I mean, it's been you know decades. So the fact that the fact that she he kills her brother. Tony kills her brother. And ben still Nardo. forgives him. Right? And she still loves him. Like, no, I don't know a single Puerto Rican that would be like, oh, no, yeah, I still love him. It'd be like, no, he's dead. He's dead to me. I hope they kill yeah, him. Yeah, and he, like, straight up, he straight up, like, kills him. Like, it wasn't, like, an accidental kill. Like, an, like I, I would understand if it was accidental. But no, no, he's straight up. Yeah, it was a crime oh. of passion, sure. But yeah. he, he killed him. So I found that interesting, but of course, like how much can you change the story from the original? Right. And as, as you mentioned, it's based on Romeo and Juliet, so it's kind of hard. And who knows? Maybe two people would randomly meet and fall in love within a couple of days and love each other so much that, you know, killing family members isn't off the table. But yeah, those were some things that I had a little bit of trouble believing. But the music was great. Um, one line that sticks with me because it came out in a song uh, that Lin Manuel made uh, for to every time it got played, Puerto Rico would get like a a donation uh, from whatever streaming service you played it from uh, after Hurricane Maria, and it's uh, almost like praying, and it's a line that Maria says in the in the film. Say it loud and there's music playing. Say it soft and it's almost like praying. And I was like, man, it's pretty in the movie too. Uh, that line is still like a really cool line that I enjoyed hearing. And so many things. There, there's so many cultural references I didn't realize were from West Side Story. Like the whole... I thought that was like a beat oh, yeah. thing, right? No, it's from West Side Story. Turns out this whole time I was like, oh, people are pretending to be like beatniks. No, they're pretending to be in West Side Story. So I now I, I get didn't it, know guys. That. Now that's, I get it. That's pretty cool. Um, one thing that I, that I thought was pretty cool, well, that I didn't know, uh, the main character, right, the, the, the love interest, the, the, the male, uh, I was looking at him while the movie was going on. I was like, I know this fucking dude. Where is he, he comes out of from? Stuff. Baby Driver. Uh, Baby Driver. Yeah, that's what's like. That's Baby Driver, right? And my girlfriend's like, yeah, no, yeah, that's him. I was like, oh, um, shit. He's also yeah. the, the love interest uh, in The Fault in Our Stars. Um, gosh, what's that. her name? Oh, really? Yeah, it's, no. a, it's like a teen romance film. Uh, yeah, they both have cancer. No spoilers, but they both have cancer. So it's depressing, but it's it's a good movie. Um, he comes out as the main love interest in that movie too. I feel like he's he's gonna have a bit of a, a love interest kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna yeah, get yeah. caught in the role. Hope he doesn't stay stuck in that. It, it, it gets really hard to get out of that. Um, yeah. Well, that was my late hot take, I guess. You know, uh, but 
I think you have a late, late hot take for me, Luigi. Yeah, I've got, listen, I'm not fully finished with the movie. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. It's not that I don't like it, but it's really outdated. Like, my God. There are moments where I was just like, I can't follow this. Bro, that's but, how I felt about me- Sorry, Top Gun, but it's still good. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so it was Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure when they're trying to find all these historical figures to help them write their paper and they go through this time machine and it looks like they become these, you know, future leaders. And there were just moments where I was like, I, I don't know if I could watch this whole movie. I don't know if I could watch it, but it, it has fun moments and it, it, it is interesting here and there. It, it just can be a bit much. So guys, Bill and Ted hasn't aged super well. I do want to see the new one though. Cause I'm like, wow, they have three parts to this movie. So there must push, be something about through. it. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, so far, not looking great, <laughs> but it's not a bad movie. I know it's my tastes. So uh, for TV land, for me though, is uh, I watched the first episode of Moon Knight. I am definitely enjoying the tone. I don't think this tone is something I've seen with Marvel much. I think I've seen it a little bit in the trailers for uh, Multiverse of Madness. But it's a bit more um, almost like horror. You know, they're they're starting to lean into that like Werewolf by Night special is coming out this October. Uh, they've got Scarlet Witch. The whole multiverse of madness is supposed to be their first horror movie. They're going to have Blade. So I get that it's got some of these horror elements and I like it. Um, I don't know where they're going to go with it because I think this character is a bit more of a blank slate uh, in terms of how people know him and the storylines he has in the comics. Like, yes, he has a history, but to my understanding, it's not like he's his history is just so cemented that there are things about him that you have to have to keep the same, except for what they're already doing, which is Khonshu is this Egyptian god that gives him his powers. He may or may not have uh, uh, dissociative identity disorder, depending on how they play it, because it could be like, oh, all these multiversal versions of himself are in one body or it could be that he yes in fact does have dissociative identity disorder Mm. oh interesting okay yeah so those are i mean in the comics it's dissociative identity disorder but i wouldn't rule out that they might take a different direction just so that they don't have to address that um but the show is really fun to watch man it's it's a little darker uh ethan hawk plays a creepy cult leader bad guy and I'm loving that. I think that we haven't seen this side of Marvel. And of course, it's still Marvel. So they, they have it a little more cleaned up because it's Disney. But they're, they're trying to push the, push the envelope a little bit in terms of how far Disney will let them push it anyway. So I'm not going to say much because I know you haven't watched it, Jason. So we got to come back to that. I'm going to catch uh, up, bro. I promise. And then I come to your next one, too, obviously. So don't Halo much episode two. Uh, they're doing a lot of world building, a lot of character development. Not the best character development, I'd say. Uh, I, I feel like some of the some of the scenes came off a little bit flat. Doesn't mean it's bad. I'm just, you know, if I'm going to critique it, I'm going to be honest, right? I liked yeah. the show. I'm going to watch episode three. But yeah, there were scenes, especially with. Uh, so what you're saying Pablo is, on, before you go, what you're saying is Halo 2. Episode two is more of what we expected from episode one, right? Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it doesn't have the 20-minute fight scene. 
Um, But you do get to see a whole new part of this like world they're they're building. You get to meet new characters that are part of uh, Master Chief's past. Uh, You get to know Master Chief a little bit better. And I get it because Master Chief is supposed to be kind of like a blank slate person, right? So Pablo Schreiber has to play kind of like tone, like tonally, just like flat. And sometimes it's just hard to watch, and you're like, ah, I don't know if this is hitting the way it's supposed to for me. Um, yeah, because he got his memory wiped from the first one, so he's trying to figure out who he is, right? So yeah, and he can't give us too much because if we don't like it, then you you lose the whole Halo fan base. Yeah. yeah so we'll see where it goes i'm i'm still excited to see what's going on it definitely has a very sci-fi military feel i know there's other shows like that like i think battlestar galactica and super troopers, Star- super troopers. oh that's a good one yeah that's a really yeah. good one <laughs> i think something one. gate you know the, there's a few of them i haven't really watched a lot of those i've seen super troopers i love that but i don't think this one's going in that direction i think it's probably more comparable to like uh Star Trek, from what I'm seeing, like it does have a lot of these wait, wait, new not worlds. Super Troopers, uh, Storm Stormtroopers, the, the one with the bugs. What's it called? Ah, oh, damn, Super Troopers. That's a. Uh... Hey, you know what? I fell for it though. Starship Troopers. I knew what you Starship meant. Starship Troopers. There we go. Sorry, guys. Super Troopers is <laughs> wait, the the comedy. Yeah. Listen, I knew what you meant. That's what matters. Snozberries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we need to move on. Right, meow. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> wait, are you are you saying meow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys, we're going to head into our deep dive so we don't take too much time from you. Uh, we're hitting the Grammys this time around. So first uh, and foremost, I want to talk about how the Grammys are voted on. I know I had had some questions about it from some of our listeners. And so they wanted to know, like, what's the metric? Like, how do they decide who gets nominated and who wins? Because <laughs> we're... Because our next segment is going to be how the Grammys usually get it wrong. They so can get it wrong. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute, Jason. Just hold on, okay? Yeah, Just hold on, okay? So the Grammys are voted on like this. You have to be a part of the Academy, first off, just like with the Oscars. And to be a part of the Academy, you have to be a professional with creative or technical credits on at least six commercially released tracks or their equivalent. So their equivalent, I'm assuming now, has to do with like online stuff, right? Because people can post uh, things on YouTube and technically that's commercially released. So you could possibly become someone who gets uh, a Grammy. In fact, the winners for the best, I think, musical uh, Grammy, like like a musical film type of thing, they did a musical soundtrack. For Bridgerton, they did it all on TikTok, bro. It was all on TikTok. What? Yeah, and it got so popular, they got invited to the Kennedy, um, gosh, what is it, the Kennedy Honors? You know, where, where they have the best of the best go and perform for pretty much the great, the the most powerful people in the country. Uh, the Kennedy Center or something like that. Sorry, someone's going to let me know what it is. And I apologize that I forgot the name. But they got invited to, to perform the soundtrack there for Bridgerton. They made a, they made a uh, musical out of Bridgerton, and it got that popular. I mean, Bridgerton was stupid popular, so I, I get it. But it's shocking. These girls, they're, what, 20 and 23? And they did it off, uh, off TikTok. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. Now, 
These can include vocalists, conductors, songwriters, composers, engineers, producers, instrumentalists, arrangers, art directors, album notes writers, narrators, and music video artists and technicians. And of course, it pay, you have to pay to be in the Academy annually, right? So you have to pay your fees. So you, you got your six tracks, you're paying your fees, right? So what next? Well, recordings must be commercially released in general distribution in the U.S., uh, i.e. sales by a label to a branch or recognized independent distributor, a.k.a. YouTube, via the internet or mail order slash retail sales for a nationally marketed product. Now, recordings must be available for sale from any date within the eligibility period through at least the date of the current year's voting deadline. So the final ballot, right? So you have to, within the time frame, is generally what that's telling you, right? has to be within the time frame. Okay. So we know you're a member of the Academy who has released at least six things. You paid your dues. You put something in within the time frame. Next thing. Only those with expertise in a given category are allowed to vote for nominations within a category. Right, so let's say I put out an alt alt rock album. Right, I put out those six tracks within the time frame. The Academy uh, lets me be in the Academy. I pay my dues, and I can only vote for those, and then I can vote for some other categories because you only get ten votes. And they're encouraging people now, as of 2020, and we'll talk about why. As of 2020 to vote closer to their fields, right? So only those with expertise in any given category are allowed to vote for nominations within that category. So you get to nominate who's going to be in, because generally, if you're in that field, you should know who should be nominated. Now, the next thing is you're only going to get 10 votes, as I mentioned, three fields. So you can only vote in three different fields in order to stay in your area of expertise. That's what they changed in 2020, according to a Vanity Fair article. So you're within your fields, right? You've got three fields that you can vote on. Now, before, they used to use secret committees. And this, I think, is what caused a lot of issues with the Grammys. Because these committees were often most likely the same people. Very much uh, the, the in crowd, just like with the Oscars. Contest. Yes, exactly. So all these people who have your back are going to vote for your album, right? So that's a bit of a big problem. Now, the four big categories are voted on by a wide range of people, right? Um, But that could also mean, like, so before they started pushing these past few years uh, for you to vote in your field, people would vote for who they knew. So the most popular chart-topping artists were obviously going to always be the ones to get the votes, and honestly, we still saw that in the Grammys this past year. That hasn't changed that much. It hasn't changed but, that much, but it's but it's better than it was before. At least, at least they were totally off. They, well, we'll talk about that. I was, I was too mad. <laughs> okay, anyway, all, right, all right, go ahead, go ahead. So, those four big categories are voted on by a wider range, but this could be affected by the reduction in votes. So, the four big categories are um, best album. Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best New Artist. Those are the ones that a lot of people vote on, right? Well, that now, makes sense, right? Because they're all different genres. So it, mm-hmm. that's why you get a 
Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And they're the big, you know, they're the big ones. They're the marquee um, awards. Now, this is the metric, and it's the only thing I, I could find. I'm sure someone else could, but the only thing I could find was the metric is that you have to have technical superiority without regard to chart performance. So as a voter, you're looking for technical superiority without regard to chart performance. What does that mean? Your guess is as good as mine. It sounds like, oh, you should not vote for them based on how many sales or listens they get. But according to the nominations, that's not quite how it goes. Now, ahead of the 2021 Grammys, uh, the ousted Recording Academy CEO, Deborah Dugan, claimed in a complaint to the EEOC uh, that recording that the Recording Academy board and committee members uh, Grammy nominations as an opportunity to push forward artists with whom they have relationships. So like personal friends, right? Including ensuring that certain songs are nominated for awards so that they can be performed during the ceremony. She, she also reported that board members will add potential nominees to consideration despite them not receiving enough votes from Academy members. Now this wow. is from the boot.com. Right. So there's clearly an issue of why the, the Grammys always get it wrong and how the voting process works. Now, clear, they are clearly trying to work on that because they have eliminated those subcommittees of the cool kid crowd, pretty much. Uh, although there are some for select categories. Um, and I don't know the details on those, but they have some left. So that's part of why they get it wrong. Now, Jason, I know you're going to love this part. <clears throat> how many times and these are just some examples guys as we're getting into it, these are just some examples of how the grammys always seem to get it wrong um in 2014 best rap album went to macklemore over kendrick lamar's good kid mad city now as any rap fan would know good kid mad city is probably going to be considered one of the pillars of uh rap one of the essentials that you will have to listen to matt i can't even remember the name of macklemore's album that came out that year it was uh the one that had um what is it i'm gonna drop some cash twenty dollars in my pocket i I can't remember anyways that was actually (laughs) that moment was when i i stopped watching the grammys in 2014 um where you know i I used to watch them you know like oh yeah let's watch it uh, obviously, now I'm watching it now because of you know, uh, obviously our podcast the pod. is very heavy <laughs> in pop culture. Um, but that was the moment where I was like, "Nah, dude, fuck this!" Like, no way, no way. And while I'll never forget about this moment, Macklemore actually the, that same day, that same night, he was in shock. Text Kendrick was like, "Yo, man, I am so sorry. Like this, this should have gone to you. I don't know." He even admitted that, like, I shouldn't have won. Like, your 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 album was so iconic, and yeah, even to this day, I think some colleges or I, I forgot some college they still study that album, and it's like a literature uh, literature class, and they they break down his poetry in in that album, and because that whole album is like a, a movie, it's essentially right from how he met this girl and how he wanted to hook up with her. He went into the wrong side of the neighborhood and a lot of things happened and ended up getting his friend shot. But it was just explaining how a one kid just, again, I was, I was a good kid in a mad city. 
how a simple thing can just turn you into violence. And this is just a shame, bro. I, I was, I was so, I'm still mad to this day, man. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but <laughs> just the it. fact, feel yeah, it. just yeah, just the fact that Macklemore texts Kendrick, like it should have gone to you, man. Uh, and the, yeah. that's the academy to blame, right there, man. That honestly, I I don't know who decided who were the voters. If it's supposed to be of their own peers, I know other rappers would not have voted Macklemore. So that's where you think, what did the subcommittee say? And who was in the subcommittee? I bet it was not well, a single rapper. I'll tell you that. Well, um, what I think after that, what we got was uh, Kendrick and dissing all the rappers, right, in uh, control. Uh, oh, yeah. We, we, I, I have a feeling he uh, he did that, that diss song to all the rappers out there during that time. Because uh, he was just saying, no, I'm, I'm the greatest rapper. And are you guys... We got some great music out of it. Kendrick's like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come back and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show. I'm, I'm gonna show something to you guys." Oh, and he showed us. I that leads me into um, the next one, 2016. Sorry to the Taylor Swift fans. Nothing against her, but "To Pimp a Butterfly" by Kendrick Lamar is probably one of the best poetic albums I've ever heard. Like, and it has so many layers of messaging. I, I just, I don't imagine anything was better than that that year. And it was, it lost in 1989. Now, I know this is a pivotal album for Taylor Swift. But I imagine that Taylor, and you know what? I could and this be was wrong. for best album of the year. I think it was for album of the year, yeah. And I could be wrong, but the the jazz in in um to pimp a butterfly was all done by real artists like it wasn't this wasn't like recordings and loops and all of that no they added actual music he wrote all of the songs and every single song sends a message and it tells a story like about his life and about black culture like i i just I, to me it's a masterpiece of an album i i just don't understand I know 1989 is up there for Taylor Swift fans. So sorry. I know, Jason, you said your girl's a big Taylor Swift fan. Now, there's a few more, guys, so we're going to get into a few. Now, one that personally bothers me, and I wasn't even born when it happened, is the first time they introduced the best hard rock performance, it went to Jethro Tull over Metallica. In 1989. In 1989. So this is probably when they were promoting... um, the black album before it came out uh probably going over either and justice for all or master of puppets there's no way jethro toll had a better rock performance than metallica metallica is one of the best performances i've ever seen it just doesn't make any sense to me and all hard rock fans were super upset about that one too because clearly like the epitome of metal and hard rock is Metallica. Metallica, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to go over a few more for you, Jason. In 1970, Blood, Sweat, and Tears won over Abbey Road. Okay, Abbey Road by the Beatles. They won over Abbey Road. And there were a few other albums that, that year that could have won as well. But honestly, Abbey Road should have been the winner. And the, the most ironic part, the best song on the Blood, Sweat, and Tears album from that, uh, from that album did not get Song of the Year. And so they got that wrong. Like, 
Blood, Sun, and Tears spinning wheel could have gotten Song of the Year. Like, I would have been like, all right, I, uh, so that's fine. But no, they didn't even win Song of the Year. Um, let me see. What else we got? We've also got uh, 1965, yesterday, again, by the Beatles. The Beatles uh, were treated a little similar to, similarly to Kendrick Lamar. They lost to The Shadow of Your Smile from, from a song that's in a film called Sandpiper. Never heard it, but you know what I have heard the yesterday. Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2017, speaking of artists saying that they should not have won, Adele over Beyonce's Lemonade. Now, Adele has amazing music, and I was like, dang, that was a good album. I could I could see the her possibly winning it over Beyonce, but honestly, Lemonade is probably Beyonce's greatest album. Again, her masterpiece work. And they were like, no, it should go to Adele. I, I, don't, I don't see it. See, I don't see it. For you, you do. Um, yeah, you know, that, I thought that one was maybe a close one. I, I still don't know. Lemonade I, is great. I think it was close, but let's be honest, man. Lemonade was probably better. And I, mean, I really yeah, like if Adele. If we, I if really like honest, Adele. Lee G, for being honest, Lee G, I'm not a fan of Beyonce, man. Uh, that's fair that's fair yeah but i'll tell you what that album the arrangements the different styles of music she uses your right. message the story like it's yeah. it's i'm not the biggest beyonce fan but i will tell you that album is is a it's one of the best things i've ever heard it is it's one of the best things i've ever heard uh gotta give her credit and i think it was better than adele's album and adele's album was damn good i think that was the year of uh, hello Right. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, I think I think you're so right. It, it um, was a good album. Don't get yeah, me no, wrong. Another one that uh, kind of it didn't really piss me off, but well, yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, the weekend got snubbed out of the Grammys in 2020 altogether. Not a single nomination for his After Hours project. And I'll tell you, and, what, man, his music was some of the only songs that I could remember, like right off the top of my head, that was from 2020. Dude, he broke records from that album. I, personally, not my favorite album. I lo- I prefer Old Weekend. I prefer, you know, House of Balloons. Uh, A little yeah. more emo weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually even like Starboy, Starboy man. Um, slept on album. It, it grew on me because I loved Michael Jackson. And I, I felt a lot of Michael Jackson influence in that Starboy album. I think that's why I loved it so much. But the fact that After Hours, that album did not get a single nomination for that, you know, the song, was it, um, well, what are the songs that was super popular on TikTok? It, it, it was charting ridiculous. It was breaking records. I, I just can't believe that it didn't get a single nomination. I'm blinded um, by the lights. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, blinded by the lights. Yeah, that's a great yeah. song. Heartless, because I'm heartless. Yeah, and I'm back to my way. Dude, it, that was, that was a <laughs> I can hear you bro. getting upset again. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's um, one for you. But now, that you're but now be upset he, about. Um, Oh, wait, yeah, well, just uh, the weekend before we move on to the next one. Yeah, for uh, sure. The weekend sure. uh, now does not want to submit his music to the Grammys ever. So we'll never see him win another Grammy because he was just like, fuck you guys, pretty much. Yeah, but I yes. mean, it's a little intense. I think he should pretty much win them all and then be like, F you then. But I hear you. So the next one, I think you're going to be like, I don't understand at all. But Lionel Richie beat out um, Prince's Purple Rain. And born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen in 1985. Dude, that 
And that was another listen. one that I saw in your notes. I was like, no <laughs> way. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, I'm not really a fan of any of the three, but I know for a fact The Purple Rain is one of the most famous albums of all time. And listen, I know who Lionel Richie is. I've heard some of his songs. But it doesn't hit the same as Born in the USA or Purple Rain. Um, 1978, Hotel California did not win Song of the Year. Uh, even though two other songs shared the win that year, somehow Hotel California, which everyone, even my young students, know that song to this day. I, lo- oh, I used to love that song when I was a kid. My dad would play yeah. it all the time. I love that song. It's a great song. 1993, Eric Clapton's acoustic song, Layla, which is a cover of a song, and I haven't, I don't even know what it is, beat out Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Um, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, it, it was that new, like that, that rock was changing. Right. And Nirvana kind of, and that, I think, you know what I think quite ready for it yet. Maybe, you know what I think a lot of these are though, is that, uh, the Grammys has this issue with like sticking with the same people and wanting to go with older artists because they're part of that club, right? They were part of exactly. those small committees. So of course they want to give each other more awards. Um, and that's been a big problem for the Grammys. A lot of people saw them as out of touch when these things would happen. This year, I would say more of the nominees seemed right. The winners we can talk about, but the nominees seemed like, oh, I, this makes more sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't I like agree. all of these old heads, as as uh, people like to say. <laughs> old heads. Uh, we, we're, we're getting close up there, bro. We are um, old heads. The last one that I don't know that you might agree with, but... Uh, it was the kind of one that made me a little upset. A little, a little is an understatement. Cardi B beats out <laughs> Mac Miller's swimming album for rap album of the year and Travis Scott's Astroworld album. I have yeah. no idea how I, especially with the, you know, the passing of Mac Miller, I think it would have been so great to, for him to get that, that final. Uh, yeah. But also just that, if you listen to that album, it, you can see, you can hear his pain, and the fact that we didn't see this coming of uh, him overdosing uh, based off that last album, you could you could hear it. He was he was struggling and going into that you know that deep end with with uh, you know the drugs and stuff, you know, like going through a loss of a breakup, but also still trying to battle his addiction. Um, kind of fell off the deep end, and it's it's a shame that we we didn't see it uh, sooner. And you know, the people around his group should have you know, reached out or, you know, I, it's tough, but uh, did give us some great music out of that in general. And if you notice a lot of music that comes out sometimes like that, that's so great is, you know, it's because we're talking about our feelings and you're putting your whole soul into it. Right. So, yeah. Well, it's just very interesting. You know, you would expect it too, because they give a lot of posthumous awards at a uh, award shows. You'd think, but I guess, I don't know. I, I'm not a Cardi fan, especially now that I've seen rapper, like female rappers like Megan Thee Stallion and Snow the Product. I'm like, eh, there's, there's better. There's definitely better. She's catchy. And I think that's what a lot of people like about her. But yeah, I don't know if she would have. I don't know too much about those albums. So I can't say too much, but I would say that lyrically, I don't imagine that she's doing the same things as uh, Mac Miller and Travis Scott. I know she's not doing the same things as Megan Thee Stallion and uh, 
snow the product. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you there. All right, guys. And just a little on the, uh, on the lighter side, we do want to congratulate the winners from yesterday. So we're just going to name up a few of the, our favorites or just the main categories and just ones, some of that we were excited about. Um, if you guys didn't watch it yesterday or if you guys haven't looked up who won and whatnot, but we do want to give them their flowers and kudos to them. Uh, still at the same time, I know we, we may not agree with a lot of, a lot of this, but they do work hard to make great music for us so we can hear on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll let you take it from here, Luigi. Anything All right, so I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna start with uh, some of the smaller ones. Best R&B album went to Jasmine Sullivan for Hotels. Now, if you listen to it, it's a it's a pretty good album. I would say it's not as well known as a lot of the other ones, uh, even in those circles, which I found interesting. So I'm like willing to give it a listen because uh, the start was solid. Uh, it sounds like some pretty good R&B. I'm just a little shocked that she beat out like Leon Bridges and she beat out a few other people that I was like, oh man, I could see them winning it. But I, I don't know her, so. I thought Leon was going to win. That was, but hey, I, I didn't listen to this album, so I can't I can't have an opinion on it. Um, yeah. Best rap performance though, Family Ties, Baby Keem and Kendrick. Uh, Baby Keem, guys, if you guys don't know who he is, he was nominated for Best New Artist. He didn't win, but he's Kendrick's uh, little cousin. And he's just a fun take uh, uh, to, to the rap game right now. He's, I think he's a good lyricist, but also he's he's young, so he's just having fun with it at the same time. And he has a good mentor um, uh, ahead of him, and he's signed to Kendrick's new label. Uh, so I think just just you guys are going to hear a lot from him more soon in the rap world. Um, so he got his first, you know, Grammy, Grammy win. So shout out to him and family ties is one of my, one of my favorite songs from last year. Uh, so I was excited about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had me listen to yeah. that song. It was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I was into it. Um, best rock album went to Foo Fighters medicine at midnight. Rest in peace. Taylor Hawkins, man. Oh, oh, yeah, man. Looks like it was drug related. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week. I figured it would be good to talk about it this week. And sure enough, they won it. I did not get to see the acceptance, so I don't know if they were there. I'm sure they're still they were mourning him. There was they were mourning, so they weren't there from what I heard. So I could be wrong, but but the next one is uh, what in the industry they like to call a clean sweep. A clean sweep. Anderson Pack likes to say that was so entertaining, dude. But Silk Sonic, leave the door open. If you guys haven't heard it, you are living under a rock, and we're going to put it at the end of this uh, podcast. But Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars put on such an entertaining show the whole time they were there. It was great. Oh, every time they went up to accept an award, they were just they were just having a good old time uh, on, and they opened up the show. Uh, they played seven 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 seven. That amazing to start off and open the show i was i was so excited but yeah guys they won best record uh best song best r&b song and there was another one i forgot what category it was but every single nomination that they got they went up for they ended up winning every single one and as anderson pack like to like said in his speech like, hey we're, we're, we're trying to stay humble guys we're trying to stay humble but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what we like to say in industry it's a clean sweep 
dancing around just having a good time yeah, uh, I was so excited for that. So uh, I love that song, Leave the Door Open. Smoking Out the Windows, probably That's by far my favorite one. song. But yeah, no, I was so excited that they that they won that and that they, they swept that. So that was great. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, best record and best song, the difference between the two is best song is about the actual composition of the song, like the writing and the music, or the writing of the music. So lyrics and music. Now, best record is lyrics music performance production everything the finished product is the record so just in case you're like doesn't that sound isn't that the same thing right. that's the difference that between the two yeah yeah I, I looked that up yesterday too i was like oh that's that's strange um yeah it seems repetitive right yeah uh, best new artist went to olivia rodrigo for her sour album i personally heard it heartbreak of an album but it's really good it's it's a very good album um that one i i was happy for her. she is young i i looked at her on the screen and i was like i'm old man this is the best new artist shoot i'm old as shit yeah she performed that driver's license song at, at the grammys it killed it i i enjoyed her performance uh now go ahead go ahead when <laughs> i'm really excited about uh the best pop duo song uh kiss me more by my girl none other then Doja Cat and SZA. Oh my God, I was burst so into happy tears accepting uh, the award. Couldn't talk. She, yeah, she was very. Yeah, happy. she will. If as I mentioned before, you guys, when I when I shouted her out, she she tries to not be a, a celebrity. She tries to just be her normal self and like not 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 give a fuck attitude. But when she went up there to accept it, she's like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna pr- pretend like this doesn't mean anything. This this means the world to me. And she started. You know, trying just holding back tears, and it was just, it was just beautiful. And then my girl SZA, uh, her, her winning one too. Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. a great time. I'm glad they I'm glad they won that. Yeah, best rap album, Tyler the Creator. Call me if you get lost. That was that. That's a solid one. I would I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, based off the categories, right? Uh, Drake pulled out obviously, and then there was another one. No, 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 no. Uh, Kanye was still up for uh, best rap uh, best rap album. Uh, was uh, not surprised that Tyler won. To be honest, just uh, I, I listened to a little bit of the album and it was just the creativity. Like he just he's not scared to venture out there. Yeah, I, I haven't heard Donda by by Ye. Don't call him Kanye, bro. It's Ye. Oh my okay? bad, my bad. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I think maybe Donda would have won if the album was shorter. There was songs that I felt that could have been left out. So yeah. that's just. And album of the year. Now, I personally thought it was going to go to Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish fans, I'm sorry. I thought it was going to go to her. It did not. It went to John Batiste. We are very soulful album, very southern, uh, very linked to southern like gospel and soul music. Uh, you could hear it in the sound. Uh, it, it almost felt like you were walking through the streets of you know a southern town. Not like Podunk, but like you know, very, very connected with blues, um, and very connected with soul and gospel. It, it's a good album. Should it have won best album? I'm not sure. Um, I'm still a bit on the fence there. I'm like, ah, Billy Eilish's album really. I mean, it was really, really good. So, <laughs> see, see, for me, it would have been doja just based off the nominations but hey guys again i'm just a fanboy here you got the bias yeah. going <laughs> you got the bias going i haven't heard the john batista uh so 
it's worth um, a listen and i think you will like it it's it's a uh, very reminiscent of older styles but uses uh uses new voices and i know leon bridges is quite a bit like that and you like him I so uh have you heard uh michael kiwanuka i sent you his album a couple months back i don't know if you had a chance to listen to i that. think i heard a couple songs but i haven't heard all of them so I'm gonna have to come the way back you're to saying that. is like is that compared to kind of this album so I would if say. it is i'm gonna go look back at that go check it out man go Probably check it out it's definitely now. worth a listen um, there are some songs that don't hit though. Like the, they have a beat that starts and then it never has a moment where you, where it breaks down and you're like, okay, okay, let's go. You know what I mean? It just kind of stays stagnant, but there are also songs like freedom that are like big hits. And you're like, oh yeah, this is, I can jam to this. Um, but yeah, those are the, the Grammy winners. Congratulations to all of them. They did amazing work. Uh, I know how hard it must be to get there. So shout out to them. But we're going to go into our top five performers that we've seen live. Since we've been talking all this music, uh, we want to give you guys some recommendations as to who you should see next and who we've seen according to who we've seen live. Uh, Jason, who is, uh, who's on your list? Who you got? All right, guys. Yeah, so my top five favorite performers that I've seen live personally, this is just my biased opinion, right? Um no no particular order uh well yeah yeah i would i was thinking about it uh kendrick's probably my number one um and i saw i've seen him four times but the ones that really stood out to me was his damn tour uh and then his day in vegas festival what i really Shut liked off. about the day in vegas festival uh he uh played all of his major albums so from uh overly dedicated no no section eight i'm sorry good kid mad city um, to Pippa Butterfly and Damn, but he made them into chapters and he made it like a story again. And so it was very entertaining. The just everything was just amazing. Uh, another person, uh, number two for me would be uh, FKJ. Uh, he's a he's a one man band is the best way I can oh, explain it. Cool. He uh, he knows how to play the piano. He knows how to play the saxophone, the guitar. And when I mean he knows how to play these instruments, he knows how to play these instruments. He loops the songs and like, so you walk out, you, you know, you, you go to a show and then you just see a bunch of saxophones, guitars, pianos, like a classic piano, electric piano, just laying out there. And you think a, a band's going to come out, but no, it's, it's just him. And he starts playing the songs and, and starts looping things. And he just, every song that you know, that you listen to him starts, ended up looping it. And it's like, this is how I created this song. And he just brings it in and it's just a whole vibe. That's um, cool. Yeah, dude, I, I highly recommend. <laughs> if he he's from, uh, well, so FKJ stands for French Kiwi Juice, so I think he's he's uh, from French? France. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a he's a Frenchman, um, and he went he did an American tour, so uh, who knows when he'll be back to do another American tour? And um, those French and, DJs know how to do it. Yeah, dude, he's yeah he's phenomenal. Um, third my third on my list would probably be Anderson Pack, uh, and the Free Nationals tour, um, back in 2014, 20 maybe a little bit later 2016 when uh, his album Malibu was really popular uh, it was one of my album. one of my favorite albums ever uh he is phenomenal on the drums as you as you guys seen him already by now um I did not know who he was when I first saw him I saw him perform I think three times in one year because the first time I was like oh I like this guy I was like let me listen back to his album I was like wait he's gonna come to Phoenix let me go see him and then uh, I saw him at another festival and he brought out 
Mac Miller, and he, they played that dang song, I Can't Keep On Losing You. Oh, okay. Remember that song? Yeah, mm-hmm. so he brought him out for that song. That was awesome. Number four on my list, my homegirl, Doja Cat, man. <laughs> she keeps coming up, bro. <laughs> bro, yeah, at the Day in Vegas tour that I saw her last year, man. That uh, blew, just blew me away, dude. My, my whole time I was watching her, my jaw was just dropped. And I was just staring at her the uh, whole time. <laughs> Uh, great performer, great voice, and she just knows how to work the crowd, man. It just, just amazing. Uh, and then uh, number five for me was uh, Chance the Rapper during his Coloring Book tour. Um, just jazz music. Uh, he had a whole band in, in the background, and just all his music that all the songs that you know from him, but just had a very high jazz influence. It was like you're watching a live band. So, uh, and he was, you know. Kind of fell off just to deal with family and, and things like that. So it hasn't really been focused too much on music. But uh, during that time when he had Coloring Book and Acid Rap come out, uh, he was performing all those songs. That song Ultralight Beam with, yeah, with Kanye, you know, it's, uh, it, was, it was phenomenal. And yeah, those are my top five. What about you, Luigi? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo the Chance the Rapper. Now he's not in my top five, but he is in my honorable mentions. Uh, I saw him for the Coloring Book tour as well at ACL fantastic man like honestly he he is someone who talks to the crowd and i really enjoy that like he makes you feel like you're part of the show and that's always great um but i'm actually going to start off with my number one uh which is the opposite of that they just perform they don't talk uh the only time he said anything that was about uh that was outside of what they were doing was that they were actually recording everything for a DVD they were going to put out that year. Yes, DVD. Um, I am that old. So it is the Nine Inch Nails with Teeth Tour. Back in 2004, they recorded in El Paso. They recorded everything, all the visuals, the lights, the screens. It was, I mean, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen with production. It was fantastic. Um, another one for me was the strokes at Zilker park and South by Southwest for free, huge crowd. Like I'd say easily, easily 30,000 people. Like it was, it was that many people. Um, Damn, bro, the strokes, I, I had not seen them. It was a, oh, it was a fucking great show. Like every song was great. They also talked to the crowd, not too much, but just enough for you again, to feel like it's a party. Albert Hammond Jr. had just gotten out of rehab, so they shouted him out for that, and they played a couple of his songs from his original album. It was really good. It was really good. Um, Most of mine are actually ACL, now that I look at it. Um, (laughs) So my third one is Justice, the French uh, DJ duo. Uh, They played at ACL a few years back. I saw them with my, uh, my siblings from Mexico, and they loved it. I loved it. We left it a little bit early to go see Metallica, but it was phenomenal. The lights, the sound, they were hitting it just right. It felt like a party the whole time. Run the Jewels, again, another crowd pleaser. And they played as if it it didn't matter if there was one person listening or 100,000. And they had a huge crowd that wasn't into it, except for a few of us. And we were going hard. We were going hard (laughs) in the paint, bro. Everyone else, I, I don't know what was wrong with them. I know it was hot, but I was like, I don't this is this is amazing. What are you people doing? So it it was a super fun show to watch. Highly recommend Run the Jewels. 
pretty much any of the ones I mentioned, I highly recommend you go watch. Outcast at ACL was really good. I saw him at Coachella uh, right when they had started touring again. Wasn't the best. Um, but when they went to ACL, I mean, they they had tweaked their show. They fine-tuned it. And they played all the songs you wanted to hear. I, I heard some Southern Playalistic, Cadillac Funky Music, oh, yeah. all the way to uh, International Players Anthem at the end. And let me tell you, every single person in that crowd was singing International Players Anthem at the end. It was, <laughs> it was fucking dope. Uh, honorable mentions for me, though, for sure. Queens of the Stone Age have a really cool visual show, and they can rock out, man. They can rock out. Beck is just as talented in person. Ooh, gonna go see them this year. Who? Beck. Oh, you're gonna see him? Uh, he's great, man. Opening up for the Red Hots. He's Beck is he's opening, opening up. Wow. He's opening up for the Red Hots. Yes, That's so. interesting. He's gotten a lot more calm in his older years, but I hope he plays some of his older stuff for you. Uh, Paul McCartney, I mean, legend, right? If you get a chance, it's becoming less and less, but if you get a chance to see Paul McCartney, go watch, man. You're going to hear the songs you've wanted to hear. You're going to hear Hey Jude. You're going to hear Yesterday. It's it's worth listening. Uh, chance at ACL. Red Hot Chili Peppers, seen them twice, man. They put on a fantastic show. They don't talk to you. They just sing, and then they go, and they're done. But they're they're fantastic. And Flea is so likable. He was the only one that said anything. He was like, thanks, guys, for listening to our show. And then he left. <laughs> like, that's cool. And then uh, last one for me is uh, Mon Lafert on tour with Juanes. Now, you think, oh, well, Juanes must have put on a good show, too. Yeah, he did fine, but it wasn't anything special. Mon Lafert, if you ever go see her show, that woman can sing. Like, holy shit. She had to hold the mic like down below her waist when she would sing because her voice was so loud and like her pitch was on point dude check check her out man she is worth the listen and she can play in all different styles and she's a whole lot of fun that girl's dope man she's really dope oh yeah man um yeah i don't really have my honorable mentions well yeah uh besides like no, nah, I won't get into it. We're we're you know, we're running a little ahead of time, so maybe maybe for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 cut it here, I guess. All right, we'll we'll give you guys a couple jams here at the end of the pod, uh, as usual. Uh, thanks for listening, and hope hope to see you next week. Have a great one, guys. Yeah, guys, love you. See you next week. Be safe. Adios. Nos vemos. <laughs>